Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to the show. Welcome back. It's another episode of Action Movie Anatomy, and you have been waiting for this one for a very long time. Is it the most definitive movie of the late 90s? It just might be. We're talking Fight Club today, guys. It's a huge day. I'm so excited. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Action Movie Anatomy. Mm. We're back. Ha ha ha. Nine, five, four, plus three pennies. This movie D-I-E. came. 99. Yes, 99. Wait, this song's not 99. No, I know, but the, the 95 plus four pennies is 99. Look at you. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. Math. Look at what you go. What is up, guys? Yeah, yeah, that was clever. How's no. that working out for you? Um, <laughs> what's up, everybody? We're back. It's Action Movie Anatomy. It's Thursday. Ah, oh, man, we're talking Bike Club. This that is, is a quote from this movie. It is, yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's one of my favorite moments, actually. Oh, it's wonderful. It's a really it's good. A really it's great. one of my all-time favorite character interactions. Is like that's just such a. We'll get to it, but that's yeah, just such a good moment. Single swimming friends. Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. It's very clever. <laughs> it's working clever. out for you, <laughs> um, guys. Yeah, we're here. It's action movie. Adam, we talk action movies on this show. This is kind of an action movie. This is this is like us taking creative liberties, the kind that we like to take now. People fight. Yeah, I mean the title. There's explosions. There's explosions. There's, I mean, okay. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Action movie and enemies defined by four basic rules. Rule number one: the uh, Hero is always somebody who plays by their own rules. A hundred percent. You especially find out at the end that he's yes. been playing by his own rules the whole time. Totally, because he, uh, they are one hero. He's one. Spoiler. Uh, rule number two, the hero and the villain are always the smartest people, beings, things, dinosaurs, what have you in the room. I mean, kind of because Tyler Durden is also the villain. Yeah. They are the same. We're going to refer to them as, as the narrator or Ed Norton and then Tyler Durden. Yeah. Or Brad Pitt, because it yeah. just feels that way. And Because and, the narrator's not the no, smartest person in the room. Definitely not. He, he has moments of genius. It is warm in here. It is very warm in yeah. here. Yeah. Uh, I love that it's bothering you now that it's yeah. bothering me. Yeah. That's hey, good. Marissa Thank Serafini Thank you, in the Marissa. booth. Yeah, how are you? I've gained some weight, okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I love it. Rule uh, number three, the movie is driven by police, military, political, or mercenary figure. No. Uh, no. He works for a car company. Not at all. But Major. I will have to say, William Belford just says, Meatloaf has a high roar in this film. And okay. that is an astounding or a, a phenomenal thing to point out. Yeah. It's very true. 100%. Yeah. You could call me the Meatloaf of this show. You <laughs> all right. That's enough. Self, self-deprecating humor. Uh, I love Meatloaf in this movie. He's, He's terrific. Wonderful. Wonderful roar. Uh, rule also. number four in the movie contains. That's exciting that he brought roar up because. That'll uh, dovetail into something very exciting we get to talk about. Oh, yeah, we have some yeah. cool things to talk about today. Uh, rule number four, the movie contains a minimum of one explosion. There's a bunch of explosions in this movie because if you combine, uh, what is it, hydrogenated orange juice and gasoline, you can make napalm. You can make napalm. Is that what he says? Yeah, something, something like that. that. Um, so, 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 Freon in your lock. Cracked it open. Kind of inappropriate um, by today's standards, this movie. Like, it wouldn't, there would be problems with this movie now. The idea that you're like, instructing us how to make bombs at home oh yeah, yeah there's just like a little bit of like there's a little bit more anarchy in this film that you'd want to promote in our climate right now it's a it's and, and there's a lot i mean that's probably the most interesting thing about this movie is that when it came out the uh the kind of swell that it took on in terms of how it affected culture for the next decade uh-huh that versus today and how how cool that seemed in 2000 like the following five years or so versus today like this movie is just walking toxic masculinity for the most part. Oh, it totally is. And it's it's it like was supposed to be making fun of that, but people didn't take it that way. No. And then when you go back and you watch it now, it's it's very interesting because yeah. you get a lot of it and then you see a lot of why people actually didn't. 
You know, it's like self-improvement is masturbation, self-destruction. Now that, you know, and then it just cuts and it's like, as a 12-year-old or 16-year-old, you're yeah. like, oh, that sounds awesome. Let's be like super good looking and shredded and yeah. fight each other and let's, blow shit up. Yeah, and, let's go Let's go <laughs> kidnap the governor and cut off his balls. We'll hold a gun to someone's head and be like, you're going to have the best day of your life. Like, I'm going to start a fight with someone <laughs> and just lose it. Yeah, exactly. You know, like horrible things to encourage. Yeah, so, so it's a weird movie for that reason. But uh, guys, coming up today on Action Movie Dan, we have a lot of fun stuff going on. We're going to be talking about all of your AMA questions. We have a big announcement about a brand new show Andrew and I are going to be doing. We have the top three Norton slash Pit films a career-defining role conversation yeah about we these might two actually actors. not even do the top three we'll see but the yeah. career-defining role i think is a really cool conversation yes and uh and and then finally uh we'll laugh a lot and we'll laugh a lot because <laughs> That's what we do yeah uh so yes let's get into the show guys before we get into uh, the trailer and thesis statement all those things i want to remind everybody here we have a patreon we're a big shout out to eric grebner and dylan steiner Boom. We salute you guys. Thank you so much for being a part of the Patreon. If you want to follow along with the conversation, you can follow me personally at Ben Bateman Media. Uh, you guys can find me at Andrew Guy. We also have our own Twitter now uh, called the Team. It's just at Team Action Show. Yeah, it's very warm in yeah. here. If you use these to fan while I'm talking, <laughs> they won't catch it on camera. I learned that. Edge of tomorrow. And then also the other thing that I really want to say is Arena has been asking us to yeah. do this movie for years. Literal mm. years. And we're finally doing it. She's in the chat. So is so are all the, of our favorite people. Alex McFarland, one of my favorite gentlemen in the army. Nice. <laughs> yeah, see what I did there? We know Alex, Alex is, is a female. <laughs> and she's here, and we're so happy that she's here. That's um, a joke about us being stupid. It's a joke about me being a dumbass. Not just us, <laughs> just me. Because you've corrected me, I think, twice on the show now. Yeah. Uh, it will never happen again, Alex. <laughs> Until next week. Until um, next week. So, yes, I think, I think that's, uh, that should get our preambles out of the way. Do we want to talk about our news first? Is that worth it? I think we just need to do it. It's already been announced. We're so excited about yeah. it. Yeah, we've uh, we've got another show, guys. We we have been doing action movie anatomy now as the audition for the next project for <laughs> I don't know four almost four years, three and a half years. Yeah, uh, this show continues, and we will be doing one movie every week on this show. We have a new show called The Action Guys over on Collider's Podcast Network. Now. Exactly, it's 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 not even close to the same thing as Action Movie Anatomy. Now, of course, we'll cover some of the same things sometimes, but it's really they've given us the freedom to like. For instance, if we were talking Brad Pitt today, we could we could actually talk about Benjamin Button if we wanted to on that show somehow. Yeah, but I think also the the, the real focus of that show is to not focus on a singular movie, but it's to mm-hmm. focus on a theme. So yep. uh, the first episode of this show, the pilot that they're going to air, is going to premiere tomorrow. We're talking about the modern day action star tomorrow at three p.m. Tomorrow, I found 3 PM. out Pacific. Yep. Uh, yeah, we're, it's going to drop on their podcast network. It's the uh, the Movie Talk feed. You guys can hear us talking about the modern-day action star. Who is the most sort of classic 80s action star of today? It's inspired by Hunter Killer and Gerard Butler. Next week's show uh, is actually inspired by this show, which mm-hmm. is we're going to be talking about who makes the better films, David Fincher or Christopher Nolan, who's yeah. the greater director. A whole conversation about that. So be sure to check that out. Uh, you can follow along any news for that, as you mentioned, at Twitter, at uh, Team Action Show. And, uh, yeah, big thanks to Collider and, and all the guys over there and, and just the team for giving us the opportunity to grow beyond just the schmodown and do more content. It's really exciting, man. Like, it's really exciting. You know, you and I, we absolutely love talking movies and we love talking action movies, but we also love talking about other things and the fact that we were able to create a show, call the action guys, and get a talk for an hour about Nolan versus Fincher. Yeah. Like, it's so cool. In the first episode, there's so many laughs, and the second episode is so much more, like, pointed and deep conversation. Yeah. It's just... I'm really excited. We've wanted a way for a long time to to create another show for a second audience that had that was sort of inspired by the conversations we have here. So yeah. much of so many of our opinions about movies have been shaped from the shows we've done here and so having that opportunity to really say like 
a whole show about Fincher versus Nolan. We could Nolan. never talk about Fincher versus Nolan on AMA for an hour. No, it would be doing just, a disservice to what that's our the show wrong conversation. Yeah. yeah, this is supposed to be one movie at a time. So that's coming up, guys. Be sure to check that out. We're very excited to do that. Uh, without further ado, uh, Marissa Serafini, how you doing? You're up in the booth. I'm good, gentlemen. I'm glad to hear that. We are going to cue the, uh, the trailer and get into thesis statement. Uh, if you guys have nothing to do later, or even if you do have things to do, you should definitely check out Marissa on it. Anatomy of a Movie covering The Nutcracker and, of course, Bohemian Rhapsody. The bad trailer. Yep. And to active gaming, it's one of my friends from Twitch, my Twitch stream, popping in here. I love it. The crossover. <laughs> yeah, this is a horrible trailer. So... Yeah, the music was, uh... This is how I met Tyler Durden. The music feels very, very old, and... Yeah, the whole thing just feels dated. This is why this movie did badly at the box Yep, I was just gonna... There it is, and that's actually one of our AMA questions. We just gave it a name. Gentlemen, welcome to Fight Club. Look how... It's, like, so boringly paced compared to what this movie actually is. Yeah. Fight Club, we all started seeing things differently. You're gonna have to keep me up all night. And she ruined everything. You're not into her, are you? No. God, not at all. We've all been raised on television to believe that one day we'd all be movie gods and rock stars. Like. But we won't. He had a plan. It's funny that Brad Pitt is like. To what purpose? Like in Tyler, we not trusted. Not a great actor. Yeah. I gotta take fight club He's just managed to like. Each one of you. Be great for his whole career, though. Yeah. It's because he's beautiful. What? And he's interesting. Yeah. And like the way that he talks is interesting. And just like, he's one of those people you just kind of want to watch him exist. And and that should sort of. You were looking for a way to change your. That life. almost should suggest yeah. like. He's a better actor than we give him credit for. Absolutely. Because, like, in the same way that Keanu Reeves has been getting work his whole career, there's something Keanu brings to the table that no one else brings to the table. And that's why he gets to be Keanu Reeves. And and it's I would say the same thing here. Now, for some guys like Hayden Christensen, that's not the case. You know, that that, that thing when you're just like... He's just fascinating, man. He really is, like, a fascinating specimen. Is he the most famous movie star of our lifetime? It's tough... It's tough because someone like Leo is stay, he stays out of the tabloids so much. Whereas Brad Pitt, the world was obsessed with Brangelina. Yeah, and then and then like Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston getting breaking up and yeah. coming back together. There's just like we have been obsessed with Brad Pitt as an audience for my whole life, and it's just it just fascinates me. It, it's like the only people you could really argue uh, movie star wise not at musician wise but like movie star wise uh, would be basically him maybe Leo Cruz and Denzel but Denzel's not as famous he's famous in a different kind no. of way and so's Cruz all these people are famous in a different type of way because Brad Pitt would still pop into a movie as a th- I mean dude he was just in uh, Infinity War as a joke as a as a cameo Deadpool 2 or Deadpool 2, yeah, yeah, excuse me. Uh, that's what I mean. And it's like, I know that Tom Cruise might do that now in his career, but it's just like, I think Brad Pitt has just, he's always been okay not just being the lead, even though he just kind of always is. He also had the most, well, actually, what was more publicized, Brangelina or Oprah 
like Katie Holmes, Surrey, <clears throat> Cruz on couches. Scientology. But that's a different type of thing because Brangelina is still at the end of the day. It's like I love you, Brad Pitt. Yeah. Even no matter what happens, now you're going from the most beautiful relationship ever to the most beautiful relationship yeah. ever. Yeah. Whereas before it was like with Cruz and Katie Holmes, it's like you're a psycho. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah, so it was the wrong kind of publicity. Anyway, guys, uh, we are going to get into thesis statement. Uh, this is your biggest boldest thought about the film. The thing that is rooted in hyperbole. The first this, the only this. Your definitive opinion that you would reference when talking about this movie at a party if you wanted to sound smart. Uh, what's up? I'm just having a hard... Okay, first of all, there's a bunch of people in the chat, and we love all of you, and, and there's nonstop conversation. But I'm, I wanted to say... I'm just going to jump in. I wanted to say that my, my thesis was going to be that this movie is the best ending of a movie ever for me. It's like the most fulfilling. But someone else wrote Shawshank in here. Uh, Richard actually wrote Shawshank as a perfect example. I don't even know what he's talking about. But Shawshank's ending is the most fulfilling ending in a movie ever. See what the nail. See what the nail. I've been to see what the nail. Have you? I have. Did you? Did you help build boats? Build a boat? No. No. Um, <laughs> so I think actually what I'm going to say is never has a movie made a band more relevant than the Pixies and Fight Club. Yeah, it is funny how the success of this movie, the significance of that scene and the ending, how the Pixies were like. An indie rock band that people loved. They like loved them. They were they very famous. They loved them. People loved the Pixies even before this. But no, really, everyone anyone knew about them. Yeah, I mean, and our age probably was a part of that because they're a little, they're a they're little, a little old. older than us. But they they live on forever and have lived on forever based on this one scene in this movie. That one song. I became obsessed with Black Francis and Kim Deal and everything to do with the Pixies because of this movie. And yeah. because I lived in Eugene, Oregon, and I found out that Black Francis lived in Eugene, Oregon, yeah. and like all this shit. And then I went through and listened to their entire entire discography, every single song they've ever made, just because of Fight Club. And where is my mind? And the end, because honestly, I do want to say it's the most fulfilling ending of a movie, but I can't because of Shawshank. But the end of this movie Logan. is, yeah, Logan, but like, you met me at a very strange time in my life. Yeah. As all these buildings fall to this beautiful crescendo of music was yeah. just like, yeah, that's the coolest song I've ever fucking heard, man. This song was on like <laughs> endless, like mixed CDs in middle school for me. Like, uh, absolutely. Right. Like every single like 2002, 2001, 2000 mixed CD that I was burning off of my computer, uh, you know, because back in the day you would like burn CDs and if your oh. computer could burn CDs, it was like a really cool thing. Yeah, uh, I remember when I finally got my CDRW and I was like, oh, you could like burn I could, like make a CD. You for could write albums. I, could. <laughs> I do. I do actually. It's one. You know, you talk about the, the modern media versus old and like sort of the way that we, we can consume it and share it. Uh huh. And I actually miss the physical nature of music. There's something yeah. that's missing. Why do you think I still buy DVDs? Yeah. I miss holding, looking. See, but. Well, I mean, okay, so having the collection, is that's the other part of it right. that is awesome. <clears throat> With music, though, you could make a mix for someone and give it to them. You could hand them a mix CD. Um, and that was like a thing that I miss doing. I miss I do being too. able to do that. You could curate. This is what I'm listening to, and I love this. Um, and I think that that's a really cool thing. Anyway, my, my thesis statement is going to be that no scene in a film has ever been more responsible for male fitness than Brad Pitt in yellow gloves <laughs> holding the door open in Fight Club. That is, I think I, Marissa, is that this? Is that the picture I pulled? I think so. It's got to be. You can just throw it up yeah. if it is. Of course it is. No, that's he, him fighting. 
That's what are you talking about? I'm talking about when he. So that's he's super jacked. That's there. like the the picture I'm thinking of because it's like always the thing of him like lean back, back. with the fucking V. I'm and talking everything. about him when he holds the door open for a second and he's got on these he's gloves the and you see her in the background. Right. Okay. And yeah, he's yeah, naked yeah. from like here up. Yeah. 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 And you yeah. see the same muscles you're talking about. Yeah. The like the like lower. Those whatever. are the two. And uh, I'll find it. It's, <laughs> I mean, like, I, I got it. Don't worry about it. Well, it's like the most. Re- I mean, okay. The con- the concept of wanting to be a rock star or a movie star. People always say uh, women want to sleep with him, guys want to be him. Mm-hmm. That's like the old the old saying. That is literally what Brad Pitt in this movie is. He he is the coolest, most shredded, like famous, awesome. You could never ever want to be somebody more than you would like would want to be Brad Pitt. And like his body in this movie. I mean, oh, he, yeah, yeah, he got down funny. to like, you yeah. know, whatever, like 2% body fat or something like that. He's just tiny and jacked out of his mind. But I mean, everything, Abercrombie and Fitch bags, like the whole culture of oh. what bodies were supposed to look like. Well, because it, it's like this whole, this whole look, actually, he's like a little buffer than you would even have had in 99. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he's yeah, got yeah. a little bit more muscle mass. Uh, but yeah, you looked at that. We all looked at that and it was like. That's what I need to look like if I want to be an A-list movie star that is going to end up with Jennifer Aniston and then and then Angelina Jolie yeah. and, and, and then I get to make all these movies and you know it's like that was what the look was. I mean, I can't tell you the number of conversations in my life that I've had either with people like friends of mine like working out in high school, whether it was when I was training people back like 5 6 years ago and they're like I want to look like Brad Pitt in Fight Club, yeah. whether it was like Jeff Burns who was a trainer and a model who our good friend we knew for years, Very he would always he would, yeah, he was on the Abercrombie bag for yeah. fuck's sake. I yeah. mean, that's and literally he looked like that. And he looked like that and he would talk about getting I still that have Brad a picture Pitt. in my phone of Jeff Burns naked holding a Valentine's Day heart over his crotch that oh, yeah. someone sent me. Yeah. I don't remember who even who sent it's it one to of me cuz he's in our family. He's one of our friends. Yeah, it's just hilarious. If you want to pull uh, actually Marissa this is kind of funny. G e o f f b u r n s. Jeff Burns. Uh, if you look up Jeff Burns Abercrombie, this you can is see. amazing. This that you're is doing funny. this. I'm going to read a few of these thesis thesi that we have here. Um, a lot of people talking about T2 and this movie foreshadowing 9/11. Definitely, definitely kind of a trip. Yeah, and yeah, and, and very, yeah, there he is. There's, oh my God, there's Jeff Burns. Burnsy. That's our, that's this my old roommate. So I, I lived with this dude for <laughs> I lived with this dude for years. Uh, he, was, he looks he was, phenomenal. He's right one of my there. best friends. Yeah, he's a. Uh, He's got to be in his early 20s. It there. also looks like he has a different head put on a different body because yeah. his, his, his body isn't like that big looking. They did that. Did they you did know that, that all the time? Is that, what, is that take, what that is? They would take. That's not his body. I think this is actually him. Is it? But they used his. I can't remember if they what used his. What movie are we talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember if they used his head or they used his body, but after his contract ran out, they owned the image and they, they swapped out his head or they swapped out his body and continued to use the other half. That's unbelievable. Uh, yeah. So that's Hollywood right there. That's Hollywood for you. Anyway, guys, back to the topic. So, yes, uh, my conversation piece there is that there is no there is no movie more responsible for male fitness in the 21st century than Fight Club. That is it. That's very good. Uh, here comes your man. Absolutely love that song. I love all of it. I really love the Pixies. Uh, thesis. I'm going to read a few of these. This movie, alongside with the Sixth Sense, groomed audiences to find the twist. This ruin, thus ruined the possibility of twist films to be nearly as successful now. It's true. After, like, Memento, Sixth Sense, and this movie, and a handful of twists, like, all the movies were twists in that time. It was mind-blowing. Um, Arena feels very appropriate to read. Mine's weird. It's the ultimate feel-good movie because you gain new appreciation for your life after witnessing all the chaos. Let's be honest, it's a shit show in there, right. which is very true because, like you say, at the very end, you met me at a very strange time in my life, and then mm. it kind of plateaus finally, you know. Um, let's see here. We got, I know I saw one more at least. 
I'll say that this is the movie that made David Fincher one of the all-time greatest directors ever. Seven put him on the map. This defined it and gave him the amazing career afterwards. How do you feel about that? I mean, here's the thing about David Fincher. There's two halves of David Fincher's career. There's the first half of his career where he's coming up and he is that young, kind of hot. He's doing music video stuff in his movies. He's making these really interesting, visually stunning films. And then he becomes... Part of the system, but then he takes five years off. Right. Because he follows this up with Panic Room in 02, which is kind of a flop. Yep. Doesn't make a movie for five years. He does He does Zodiac in 07, which bombed at the box also, office. yeah. And wasn't considered to be great, but looking back on it, that's clearly the start to the second age. Because he follows that up with Benjamin Button in 08, Social Network in 2010, Dragon Tattoo in 11, and, and then Gone, Gone Girl in yeah. 14. And the second half of his career is percolated with Oscar-nominated actors. It's four movies in a row that have a lead nomination. Uh, and it's just a, it's a different, you have to say that Seven and Fight Club define his career, but you also have to acknowledge that the second half of his career has been critically received so much better, and the movies are so much less, like, gimmicky, I guess? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you mean the later half. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree, which is why you actually like his later half more. They're, like, better movies on the whole. Like, this movie is so stylish, it works and it stands up, but it just as easily could have been a movie that, like, is so defined by its era that it didn't stand up 20 years later. I wouldn't have been surprised if watching this for this show, I was like, huh, this movie's not as good as I thought. And to, but and it actually, is, right? And to some degree, it's a little worse than I expected. Really? I, because when I, I watched all 10 recently, yes. when I did it, I thought that I was going to find that Fight Club was the best movie. I was pretty sure that I was going to watch them all and I was going to decide Fight Club was Which the best Which we got to save that because people keep asking over and over in chat, what's the best Fincher movie? So we got to tell them what our favorite is. By the end of the episode. By the end of the episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, maybe, maybe we'll add a fifth segment. Yeah. Um, um, Alex McFarland, uh, she was saying in here, best example that a movie can be better than the book it's based on. William Belford fires back. Whoa, Alex, I love the book. Alex responds, I do too, but the tone of the book is different. Like when I saw, I saw the end coming a mile away when reading the book, and then Fincher actually himself admitted that the movie did it better, which I think is fascinating because you never hear that, especially from, from or excuse me, not Fincher, Palinuk. You never hear that from uh, movies in general, especially from a book as popular as Fight Club and a, and a writer as revered as Chuck to, to actually say that the movie is done better. I, I love that because yeah. I think this movie is, is pretty damn perfect. So, um, should we go on a fist pump? I feel like we haven't even gone to our second segment yet. Yeah, it's crazy. It's so much. We're just like, uh, yeah, we're just going on tangents here. So, yeah, I think let's get into the next part of the show. Uh, the next bit in the show that we do is fist pump moment. This is when that thing happens in the movie. You kind of look around. You're like, are you seeing this right now? Yeah. This is the coolest thing I've ever seen. I'm so excited I get to watch the rest of this movie. Oh. Um, and this movie's got a lot. I mean, and it changes over the, over every viewing, I think. there's oh. there's to- Tonally, there's weird things in this movie. Um it's an emotional movie in the way that it makes you feel. And even watching it again recently, I still had the same feeling I had when I was young, which is that I know it's supposed to set you up to, so the twist gets you. Right. But there's such a bromance in this movie up until there's not. And it's so, like, sad when the bromance starts to break apart and you feel like Ed Norton and Brad Pitt aren't best friends anymore. When they're just the same person. And, yeah. and as you're, you're like, oh, man, like he just wants to be buddies and like do their thing and he just wants to take over the world. Yeah. And you're like, they're the same dude. Yep. But until you find out they're the same dude, it's like sad. It is. It sucks because you're like, these guys are the coolest. Yeah, because what if, when the falling out happens. Yeah. And, and what does he say? This is something jack's broken heart or something whatever he says he's like and i experienced complete heartbreak and it's like oh his buddy his best friend is bailing on him 
And I love that. So my fist pumps change. Yeah. They actually change over time. The first fist pump for me ever was obviously when she yells. He's like, well, say my name. And she's like, Tyler Durden, Tyler Durden, Tyler Durden. Yeah. And, he's, and then you hear the, the cabin pressure sound yeah, yeah, of the yeah. plane. We have lost cabin pressure. Da, da, yeah. da, da. And it starts to show shit. You're just like, I mean, I'm getting chills now thinking about yeah, the it. Like, first you're time. just like, oh, yeah. my God. Fuck. And then they go through and they show all the scenes. That's like my favorite part of the movies when they actually show him doing both Norton and Pitt just yeah. as Norton. Yeah. And he just like turns around and starts talking in a different way. And you're just like, what the f- what is happening? That was my original fist pump. Yeah. Now, 10 years later almost, or 20 years later almost, my fist pump is when he walks out of the office after kicking the shit out of himself. Yeah. And he's just whistling. And he's got this look on his face. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Hanging out, yeah. I laughed out loud. I laughed out loud. I think for me, when he first meets Tyler on the airplane, is a pretty big one. Because yeah. when you're watching it, it's like when you're watching it, it's like it's a it's a literal like we're just now we're just getting started. Yeah, like, like yeah, this yeah, is where yeah. this is where this it. Because I love he's like, and this is how I met Tyler Durden. And and when he's they're talking and there's the great line when he's like, you know, he's like single serving friends. And he's like, no, I get it. It's very clever. How's that working out for you? Yeah. Being clever. Great. great. Like, it's uh, it's just such a and great... I have to decide the everlasting question, or do I give you the ass or the crotch? Yeah. I love that. It's great, and and I love that scene. I think also we would be remiss to not talk about the first rule of Fight Club if you do not talk about Fight Club. I mean, the initial scene So cool. He's so cool. He also is the, the coolest guy that's ever lived at that point. He's Tyler Durden is the coolest guy ever. I mean, think about when Lou is kicking the shit out of him, and he's just... Ah, ah, like, his laugh, the laugh that Brad Pitt created in this movie was... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> oh, come on, Lou. Yeah, yeah. All right, I got to read. There's guys, the chat is lit. Today. Really? It is is non-stop going. Do we have any do we have any new fans that are in here? There is, I haven't seen Derek Hogan before, Zephra I think I haven't seen before. Augustini is new. Uh these are new newer names for me. I apologize guys if you've been in here before. It's very tough to keep up with all the chat, but tons of fist pumps. I'm going to kind of try to breeze through them here. Uh my fist pump is when Tyler talks about or when the narrator talks about Tyler's job uh, when he wakes up on the plane and meets him when the narrator uh, oh when the fat bag bursts over the fence that's a gross moment yeah amazing the whole thing is amazing Uh, very very memorable movie a fist pump is the moment where buildings start to blow up and the moment the narrator shoots Oh, yeah, when he shoots himself. That's a hole in his head. Oh, so amazing. It's yeah. like my eyes are open. What a weird movie. Yeah. Uh, when Marla shows up. Oh, I. you know what, Arena? I'm so glad you wrote this. When Marla shows up for the first time and it's that long shot of her in yeah. all black and the sunglasses smoking. Walking like into slow, like a... Uh, yeah. yeah. It, she... This is Helena's best... It's Okay. Yeah, career-defining role. It just, I just feel like we got to have the conversation about all of them. It just feels like it's all of them. That's fair. I mean, did you... So we've shared our fist bump moments. Before we get into Star Profiles... Or why don't we talk star profiles, and that will segue into it, because I think that's probably a good way to do it, right? Yeah. Any yeah. other fist pumps you want to share from the chat? There's just so many, but we can't we, we can't do them all, unfortunately. The chemical burn, the hole in the jaw, like, everything. The chemical so, burn's a great scene. Oh, my God. That's one of the... That might be... It's so weird, because it's not as famous as it used to be. Yeah. But that was one of the most famous scenes in a movie ever for, like, a long time. Right. And then people tried to do it as a monologue. Did you ever try to learn it? Uh, I thought about it, but I just couldn't do it. Because I was like, I mean, okay, like this is this is a funny thing to talk about. This will actually make you guys laugh. Oh, this is great. Uh, back Reese in the, Witherspoon was almost Marla Singer. Go ahead. Back in the day when this movie came out, ninety nine. This is this is like the era where you and I were still. We had the same dream at the time. Yeah, you, you wanted to be an actor. Yeah. Uh, and so a few years later, when this movie was becoming like you know a big piece of pop culture, 
2003 high school for us. I mean, I auditioned for the American Academy of Dramatic Arts, and I considered various movie monologues to do. And there's a handful that had been very famous in my lifetime, one of which was Matt Damon in Saving Private Ryan. That's a really, that's a that's a very memorable one. A lot of guys did. So I thought about learning that it's a one. Great monologue. I learned Alec Baldwin and Glenn Gary, which is a yeah. wrong one for me to learn. So I was way too young. I learned for that. John Travolta and Swordfish. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> this is another one. That scene. It's a really intense and difficult scene to pull off because you're basically just yelling. But it's an intense moment to try to bring yourself to that moment. So it's just funny to think about at the time uh, we were thinking about these movies in such a different way than I think about them now, which yeah. is to critically analyze them because I love them. Um, uh, Derek uh, Derek Hogan here, and you're too. Fucking blonde. <laughs> that's a great. Yeah. That's a great line. Uh, and then we got uh, one more person here. I missed up here. Jack Daniel. Oh, never seen you guys live before. Boom. Boom. Here Excited we go. To see you. Excited to see you. So uh, let's get into career defining role uh, and and star profiles here. Ed Norton. Ed Norton. What a peculiar career. He is one of the most fascinating people career trajectory wise. Period. We've we have talked about this before, but. If you look here, People vs. Larry Flint, 96, Randers, 98, American History X, 98. Right before People vs. Larry Flint, he's in a Woody Allen movie called Everyone Says I Love You. And before that, he's in Primal Fear. Yes. And that's the literal whole... And then... Did he get get nominated for Primal Fear also? Yeah. Yeah. So, and he lost. And he lost. And when was 25th Hour? Was that 99? That's like 2002. 2002, gotcha. Uh, Because, like, he, he... 96, supporting actor, he's up against Cuba. And Cuba gets it for Jerry. And he was a mm-hmm. primal fear. He was like a nobody. Like nobody knew who he was yet. He was he was up and coming. So so it it seems like the heart of his career was this really exciting and important moment. But if you actually go back and look at it, he's really only famous, like properly famous, like, for like six years. Because yeah. then after Twenty Fifth Hour, he's already trending down. He by the time you get to the mid to late two thousands, he's like and he like shows up in Hulk and he's just kind of a prick. Everyone like uh, long story short. Ed Norton wanted his face in the movie more yeah. than it was. Not not Hulk. Yeah. Actually Ed Norton's face, which is why he's like, this isn't acting, this isn't a real, this isn't art, this is just bullshit. I don't want anything to do with it. And then he re- he finally, it, like obviously he does movies in between, like some bad rom-coms and some weird shit. He's keeping the, the faith. Yeah, keeping he the does, faith. He does Kingdom of Heaven and he does... But uh, he really doesn't pop back up into anyone's minds, at least not in mine, until Birdman. Birdman, yeah. yeah. He, I mean, he's in shit. Like, he's in Moonrise Kingdom, yes, and he's in yes. movies all throughout, but he's just not... Like, you look at the run that he goes on here, and he looks like he's going to be one of the A-list guys that could lead any movie. Like, he's supposed to be that guy. He was so loved. People thought he was so talented. He had this intensity. He's like a fastbender of his time. He was like fastbender and hardy. Like, that was that was Ed Norton. He was that guy. Should have yeah. been able to lead any movie. Absolutely. And people and he and people were like, "Oh, he's going to win an and Oscar." Fassbender's kind of doing that right now too. Yeah, it feels like he's trending down, and I'm not happy about it. Yeah. Now on the other side of this is Brad Pitt, and this is a weird period in his career as well because this is the Brad Pitt where he's becoming Brad Pitt. Exactly. It's before he's quite the icon, but it's after he's not just like the cute looking guy that's in these small parts in these movies. So he does The Devil's Own in '97. Seven years in Tibet, that box cover is very. Famous, I think. A lot of women and men fell in love with Brad Pitt from that box it's cover. Just that and Kundun, you know? Yeah, <laughs> Kundun. And then Meet Joe Black, which was... It was it's a very interesting role for Brad Pitt. He's the devil, right? He's he's death. And death. he's very soft spoken the whole time. It's him and Anthony Hopkins and Claire Foyer or, or Claire, Claire, Claire Forlani. Claire, Claire Forlani. That's right, that's right. Um I actually really like this movie. Yeah. Uh, it's totally the type of movie that I would love Did growing up. Did you grow up, up with sisters? <laughs> <laughs> it's like a three hour movie I used to like watch by myself regularly. Um and yeah, it's it's just a really interesting career. And then so he does, yeah, the Devil's Own, Seven Years in Tibet, Meet Joe Black, and then he does this, and then he just goes like 
that. Well, because Ocean's Eleven's 2001. Yep. By the time that happens. And that's when he's not even the lead. He's not the lead in Ocean's. Yeah. You know? But by the time that's happening, that's the era of Spy Game, Ocean's Eleven. You know, that's a couple years before Mr. and Mrs. Smith. It's like Brad Pitt is like everywhere. Because, uh, I mean, the thing, the difference between him and Norton is that Pitt was a real star when they made this movie. Because prior to 97, he had still already gotten his first Oscar nom for 12, 12 Monkeys, Monkeys supporting. which he's phenomenal in. Someone 95. else actually said that as her thesis. Brad Pitt is the best when he's playing crazy. Yeah, he had already been in River Runs Through It. He had already been in uh, Legends of the Fall. He had already... <sighs> All of those movies. Yeah, so his his 90s were like, you know, very... He's, he's a good actor. Yeah. California with a K. Yeah. Um, and so he was, he was really already in his element. So now the question becomes... Is this the career-defining role for either actor? Have you still not seen Legends of the Fall? No, I saw it with Jeff years ago. Like four years ago. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah so, uh, and Maybe honestly, I, I think we throw in Helena Bonham Carter. I mean, I don't know her career as uh, well as these guys. Yeah. But, I mean, it's basically this and then every Johnny Depp movie. So. Yeah, every Tim Burton movie, right? Yeah. Um, it's tough, because American History X is my favorite Norton role, period. Yep, but that movie's... That movie's aged out of culture in a weird way. It's it, like, it, it has, but if you go and you watch it, it's still really good, and I honestly think it's because people don't want to watch it right now because the climate hasn't changed much from 95. You go and you watch, and the racism is still abhorrent. Yeah. You know, and so <clears throat> it is tough, though, because this movie is just so much more massive than American History X could have ever have even dreamed of, and American History X was a big movie. Yeah, you know, I mean, Oscar noms and, like, a lot of buzz, you know, awards, but... I truly believe this is all three of their career-defining roles. Did um, Troy? Did Norton get a supporting for Birdman? No. Did he win? No, I know he didn't win. Yeah, he did got he... nominated. I'm pretty sure that was his third nomination. I think probably. So. I think right? it was. I think it was Primal Fear, American History X, yep. and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think like, I think like th- for him, because the other him... options are obviously Birdman. Yeah, that's not him though. That's Hulk. Not... Yeah. And American History X. Yeah. The only, the only ones are like Primal Fear, but it's not like... Like Rounders or something. Yeah, People even 25th Rounders. Hour. People love all three of the movies we just said, but that's not who he is. I think it is just this movie, the narrator. For him, it's no... Yeah. I think for Ed <clears throat> Norton, there's no question. His career-defining role is Fight Club. It's just there's nothing else he's ever done that's even close. Guys, chime in here as well. A lot of people are saying 12 Monkeys is Brad Pitt's, but it... It, no. The problem is, is no, 12 Monkeys... Yeah, exactly. No one talks about it anymore unless you're a Brad Pitt fan. That was the movie that let people know that Brad Pitt could do basically anything, yeah. I think. It was like you saw him be sweet, you saw him be a brother, you saw him be in love. This yeah. is where you saw him be a psycho. Yep. And it was like he was really good at it. Yeah, I think if you had to say Brad Pitt's career-defining role is any other movie than this, you would have to suggest that that he has another role where you like see an image of it and you're like, oh, yeah, that's what Brad Pitt looks like. Right. And that, there's no question it's this. It is. If you see like Tyler Durden... Picture, like the whole his style, his hair, the jackets that he wears, like all of it, everything he says his is six so pack, cool. He's like that is Brad Pitt. There's there is no the closest competition movies for Brad Pitt would be Ocean's Eleven because he's everyone saw it and it's super famous. Michael like, Campbell made a good point about Norton Italian job, even though he fucking hated being there because yeah. of the contract. It worked in the movie because he's such a prick. Yeah, it's another great movie, but I I just can't give it as a defining role. So sorry to go ahead with the uh, Brad Pitt. Yeah, I think um, we got. I mean, Moneyball, Inglorious, Troy. Yeah, I mean, I think the ones that you would say if you were if you were really snatch, and that's right after this. Yeah, right, and that's. But I think like if you think about again, like career defining role should what that basically comes down to. If you see a poster on someone's wall without the name of the movie, yeah, you and 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 
no matter what, no matter what room in the world you're in, if there's a poster of Snatch and a poster of Fight Club, the Fight Club one is more popular. Yeah, it I mean, just is. You can think about like you can think about like movies that he's been in that were like really famous and well received. Movies like uh, you know he's got a great role in The Big Short, and that was an Oscar nominated movie recently. That was a big deal. Moneyball, right. another one, same yep. kind of deal. They don't even compare. Inglorious because he's the guy in that movie. Did he get nominated for Button or no? Uh, yes. Yeah, and even then, it's not the movie. It's yeah, not even close because it doesn't look like. Excuse me, Jesus, Brad Pitt. And Troy's not a very good movie, it's so I horrible. So I think it's just clearly Fight Club. Like, could be I, Floyd. Isn't that his name? In what? True Romance. Uh, maybe. Floyd? Yeah, he's on the couch. <laughs> yeah. I okay. So um, that's it, interesting. It does feel like a handful of people agree with Brad Pitt and Norton. But then there's also a lot of people saying things like Snatch, Ocean's Eleven. So the thing about Ocean's Eleven is it's it's tough for me because, like, Ocean's Eleven is a great movie, but I hadn't watched it more than twice until, like, a couple months ago. And it was just because of you and I talking about it. And it was like, I need to go watch the Ocean's movies again. I, I've yeah. missed the boat on this. And, like, again... They, you, you didn't, like, grow up and they came out and I you just remember, them. like... Yeah, it was cool. This was important, like, was seeing cool. these movies. Yeah, I liked it. Interesting. But it wasn't even, like... Yeah, it was so, it was so weird. So... Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. So I, I think everyone can agree, at least you and I can agree, and yeah. it sounds like most people are in agreement with those two. And then it sounds like, actually, Helena's is from is from Harry Potter, playing uh, whatever. Uh, I, did, I have only seen one Harry she, Potter. She, uh, wait, I know, what, I know what her name is. I know you do. It's uh, something Bellatrix Tricks. Lestrange. Bellatrix, there yep. you go. I was going to get that. Bellatrix Lestrange. Yeah. Uh, which, you know what, Marissa, how do you feel about that? Do you, do you know Helena's career pretty well, or do you think that this movie defines it, or do you think it's Helen, or I mean... Um, uh, Harry Potter, excuse me? I think this generation definitely know her from Harry Potter because that was within the last 10, 15 years. Um, I, I think, uh, I believe she was in a room with a view. She was, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that was a very memorable um, role for her back in the 90s. Gotcha. Um, yeah, Brad Pitt is the best on-screen eater. We have, we've talked about that many times. Yeah, she's got two Oscar nominations for the King's Speech. That was a big deal. Yeah, King's Speech was great. I forgot that she's in that. Um, uh, and also Sweeney Todd. Yep, yeah, Sweeney Todd. Sweeney all, of the, all of the Tim Burton movies. Wait, what did Andrew just say? Yeah, I, I don't watch Harry Potter. That's just the thing. It's the thing about me. I've seen one Harry Potter movie. I've read the first three books. I read them when they came out. I just can't do it. I yeah. just can't. I'm going to rewatch them all soon. Can't I, do it. I've, I've got well, to. Well, then maybe I'll do that with you. I will watch them with you. Uh, people are not happy. Yeah. People, they're all leaving. <laughs> Everyone's left. Hold on. Holy shit. Uh, so going in <clears throat> to this is uh, Jim Olds is is the guy. He's the guy that wrote the screenplay. Um, Chuck, Chuck Palahniuk's the guy that wrote the book, obviously. Um, and he's a critically acclaimed screenwriter and producer who rose to fame with this movie. Um, he graduated from Drake University in 79 and then UCLA's theater program. And right now he's working on Trent Reznor's uh, Year Zero huh. HBO miniseries. That's, that's really it. Um, Chuck Palahniuk, he's an author. Go read about him. He's one of yeah. the most famous in the world, and it's because of this movie. Uh, this movie and... Ch- uh, choke? Choke? So or no, good. it's... it's It was also with Ed Norton. Or no, it wasn't Ed Norton. Sam looking. Rockwell movie? Sam Rockwell, yeah, yeah. Is it called Choke? It's, I think it's called Choke. Push or something? It's called Choke or something like that because he goes and fakes that he's like choking in restaurants to make money or something yeah, right? like that. Yeah, right, something like that. Um, <clears throat> but anyway, it was this movie that really made Chuck Palahniuk like an, an icon in in like modern society. And then uh, David Fincher, I, you know, talk about the man. Yeah, I mean, we talked about Fincher. He came from music videos. You can see that style reflected in a lot of what he does in the early parts of his career. You see the, the visual stuff that they do in this movie, moving through floors and and all of the, you know, the way the music works and... and uh, 
Fincher is a guy that is reflected in these these very cold, very kind of dirty. Um, I mean, clean in some ways because the the precision, but like they're they're very kind of grimy uh, and dark and kind of twisted. And yeah. that's that's his style. And he's and and I think Ma, like this is his most famous movie in the sense that it's the cla- it's the most classic. Seven is the earliest, and it's it's a genre classic. So yeah. like within the the horror thriller genre, like Seven is like almost. There's no, almost no movie people like more. And in the modern era, Social Network is regarded by a lot of people to be like sort of the definitive movie of the 2010s. It's like the probably biggest miss at the was, Oscars yep. ever. And it's also – or in this, well, in this decade. Too, yeah. And it's also just sort of like – he got to work with Sorkin in that movie. And like Sorkin brought – like this, I, I think just the Social Network is just sort of a singular piece. It's, it's, it's like a weird, weirdly – a weirdly important and relevant movie because of what's it, what it's about and how important Facebook and social media has become. Yeah. So to make the definitive movie and, about and that. And also about like a young person with a great idea that can that just wants to do the things on their own and yeah. become famous and rich because I created something on my computer by myself. Fincher is like better at making those movies that are kind of like statements on society or culture. Like Fight Club and Social Network both like very much have that. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that's uh, I think that's one of his strengths. Like both of those movies have a lot to say about that. Just because you said it, Alien Three happened. Yes, that's true. That's where, he, <laughs> that's where he started. Yes, that is where he started. So I think this is a great moment for us to talk about our favorite Fincher movie. Um, we 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 actually talk about it in depth on the Action Guys. Uh, but <clears throat> if we had to pick a number one, yours is just the Social Network, right? Yeah, it took me a while to get there. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched I, it two days ago, by the way, and it's phenomenal. I remember when we did our Patreon uh, like six months ago, like one of our first episodes we did was I think Arena or somebody else suggested that we do top Fincher movies. And at the time, I yeah. hadn't rewatched them all, so I think Social Network I put like fourth or something. When I, when I watched them all again, like, I mean, this is, this is what I'll say. So, like, there, he's made, so he's made Alien 3, he's made 7, he's made The Game, he's made Fight Club. Then he followed that up with Panic Room, he did Zodiac. He did Button, he did Social Network, he did uh, Girl with Dragon Tattoo, and then he did Gone Girl. And he hasn't made a movie in four years. <laughs> Augustini. Uh, first of all, Augustini, welcome to the chat. I know I said that earlier. Any thoughts on the movie Gone Girl? Ben uh, and I adore Gone Girl. Love that movie. His, <clears throat> his next project confirmed is he's making World War Z 2, which is bizarre. Such a weird thing for him to pick up. Can, can I just put in for Yeah, of course you can, Marissa. Uh, I know Fincher hasn't made a movie in last four years, but he did do Mindhunter. Yeah, Mindhunter, the so TV show, which is really good. Oh, and I heard that, yeah, well, that was a really good show I heard. Yeah, I watched I watched like two, three episodes. It's I liked right. it a lot. Did he direct it? Two of the episodes. I think. Oh, that's cool. Yes, that's really but cool. He, he was part of working on that, so it's a different medium. Paul Denuso and Finesto, The Game. Uh, Richard Eric Jarvie, favorite Fincher movie, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Uh, Dutch movie guy, Keys, Social Network, Fight Club, then Gone Girl. Arena, Gone Girl, oh no, no. Fight Club and then Gone Girl for her. Jonas is Zodiac. I love this. Seven for uh, Corb Corbin. Yeah, so I, what I would say is, and this it's being reflected here in the chat, the only movies that really never come up in conversation... Someone people, just said Panic Room. People's, really? <laughs> Someone just did. I think they were joking, though. But yeah, Panic Room. Panic Room, The Game. Yep. Well, The Game does, The Game actually. just popped up three times. Alien 3 but and William then Belford. Benjamin Button. Yep. Those, are, those are the ones that like no one ever really is like, that's the best Fincher movie. Um, they, they each sort of have their own... Like every movie that he's done has is like a it's like an important conversation piece for one reason or another. Absolutely. Um, but I will say, when watching all of them again, I found Fight Club to be amazing, but it has aged out because of that toxic masculinity we talked about. You like Seven more now? Yeah, I think I think it goes. I think it goes. Social Network one. Okay. Seven two. Zodiac three. Fight Club four. What? 
Yeah. You don't like Zodiac that much. You just want to be one of those people that I, likes I Zodiac that much. I don't think so. No, like when I watched God. them both, I found that Zodiac was a better movie. I'm like insulted that you think Zodiac's better than Fight Club. I like swear. Zodiac's a good they're movie. Close. It's they're close. really like, good movie. Maybe they're tied at three. I can't believe that shit. I'm out of here. Yeah. Uh, that's crazy. <laughs> I, but hey, you know what? That's that's cool though because a lot of people do that with Zodiac. A lot of people come full circle and a lot of people in our world talk about how it is the best movie he made. I almost And I almost like Gone Girl tied with them but Gone Girl is the clear fifth. That's, I'm actually surprised you have it that low. I, oh. I would actually think you'd like Gone Girl more than Fight Club but I think I understand why you can't do it. I love Gone Girl. Yeah. Like that movie gets you me. You love that movie. That movie gets me. It's like it's like that movie is like the pacing. It's like so compelling. Uh, it sucks we're not even mentioning Girl with Dragon Tattoo when it's so good. It's so good. It's so. I mean, that's the thing. It's like you know, you know, you and I were both lucky enough to be on the Steven Spielberg special. It's like you can't really break down his top ten. No, they're just all so good. So for me, I think it is without a doubt Fight Club, Social Seven. In that order. I love Social Network. I was upset with Social Network for a year and a half for a reason. I know. Because I knew the fucking answer on yeah. the movie Trivia Schmodown. I wrote Liam Hemsworth and Army Hammer, and I don't know why, <laughs> and I couldn't get over it. For li- I literally couldn't watch the movie for over a year. It's so good. Yeah, it just it's, made you angry to try to watch it. It's so good. Um, so, yeah, Fight Club, Seven, Social is my three, guys. And thank you. Like I said, the chat has been amazing, guys. We really appreciate you. So I'm going to breeze through Critical and Box Office here. Cool. Fox, $63 million to make it, released October 15th of 99, grossed 37 domestic and 63 worldwide for a grand total of $100 million, and it opened number one at $11 million. $100 million for a Brad Pitt, Ed Norton movie in 99. The only reason this movie made 63 worldwide was because Brad Pitt was in it, and it was was a big deal at the time because he was that guy. That's it. This movie lost money domestically. How crazy is that? Yeah, you know, it's so funny, guys. So many people in here is like, if you lived on an island for only one year and you could only take Fincher, <clears throat> Ben and I break down our Fincher and Nolan on the action, guys, based off of three categories, and we end the show with whose movies could you not whose movies could you not live without? So you gotta make sure you check you it out. To check it out. That'll yeah. air a week from tomorrow at three PM on Collider's Podcast Network. Um so yeah, that's uh that the critical in box office. I think the, the one of the strangest things here is that Okay, IMDb has this at an 8.8, ranked number 10 out of the top 250. Which is crazy. Which is absurd, because it's a great movie, but it's not the 10th best movie ever made. Yeah. <laughs> and the Rotten Tomatoes, the, the top critic score give this movie a 63. Yeah. How is that possible? That is unbelievable. I, <clears throat> I don't even understand it. How, how is it that 63 out of 100 people that are critics, yeah. how do the other, what are the other 37 saying? I don't, I mean, they're just, that it was bad for some reason. I have no idea, because the, the audience gets this movie in 96. Now, it makes sense, because the reason that makes sense is that at the time, critics didn't understand this movie totally, which is yeah. why these reviews, because they're older reviews probably, are worse, and that the audience continues to update their reviews, which is why it's so high. But it's still bizarre that even at the time, you could watch this movie and, and not... Just over, like, a little over half thought this was a good enough movie to give a positive review to. The rest of them gave it a negative review. It's unbelievable to me. I don't know how that's possible. It seems, yeah. So, um, <clears throat> favorite line? Is, is, do you have a favorite line? Uh, there's a lot. One of them that I, I love is when he goes to pick up his bag and he's like, and he's like, uh, you know, luggage is vibrating. We have to pull it. Nine times out of ten, it's an electric razor. Every once in a while, it's a dildo. Dildo. And then he's like, and he's like, now we could never apply ownership of said dildo. It has to be the dildo, not your, your dildo. dildo. And he's like, it's I, I, I don't it's have any. Like, and, and he goes, he goes, yeah. He's like, 
so I dude that is I love that you brought that up because it is so phenomenally well acted by yeah, that guy the, the fucking timing, the timing when he puts yeah, up the pen like, and scratches his back with it I love what, that you pointed that out and he goes back to his phone I was like dying when I watched <laughs> that this time uh, I wrote three. I, I said one earlier. The self uh, self improvement is masturbation. Now self destruction. I just liked it. It was yeah. like one of those just anarchy. Like yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I wrote little haiku poems. I emailed them to everyone. I yeah. love that line. And then the the last one is yes. These are bruises from fighting. Yes, I'm comfortable with that. I'm enlightened. Yeah, <laughs> it's just like <laughs> so condescendingly douchey. Um, but the, yeah, those are my favorites. So guys, AMA question. We definitely lean towards some of our. Uh, I mean, there's two from Arena, one from Keys, and one from Daniel. And the reason why is just because they've been asking for this movie for so long. Before we get to that, I want to remind everybody here to check out the patreon.com slash team action every single week. Andrew and I are doing two videos there behind the scenes. We do Schmodown reactions. We do uh, top five lists submitted by you, the fans. We also do uh, Skype calls, private Skype calls now. Yeah. There's there's a level you can check out there. We'll be updating those tiers pretty soon. We just gave you guys an update video of all the cool things that are happening. And finally, coming up this week, we are going to be doing our Mount Rushmore of the Schmodown. Oh, yes. That's going to go up later in the week this week. Uh, Andrew and I do who we think the top four singles players of all time in the Schmodown are. We have a full conversation about it. So be sure to check that out. Uh, that'll be going up on patreon.com slash team action. Go donate there to become pledges and uh, members of the Action Army. Absolutely. Uh, favorite line from Basis 1996. It's only after we've, after we've lost everything that we're free to do anything. Okay. Love that line. Uh, a lot of people, if I had a tumor, I'd name it Marla. Um, you met me at a very strange time in my life. It's only after the, uh, yep, those are all. Okay. So um, going into the questions here, we are going to talk about the very first one here from Arena, which is spoilers in the question. Many speculate that Marla was also the narrator's personality posing as sort of his conscious. Do you think it's too much or are these there are legitimate signs it could be true? <clears throat> I don't truly believe so because it ruins the reveal. Yeah, because then it's like the three personalities actually knew what was going on the whole time and were yeah. just fucking with him. I think um, so too. I think yeah. I think I think she's a real character. I don't think it's possible. She's <clears throat> part of his conscience. I think it ruins the story. I would love to hear some of the uh, the legitimate signs though. If you want to just throw up some of the things in chat arena that people talk about, we'll um we'll hop over to that real quick. Is this Edward Norton or Brad Pitt's best movie? Uh, I still think Edward does a better job in American History X. <clears throat> I think this is probably Brad or uh, probably Edward Norton's best movie in my opinion. I think maybe may, maybe Birdman's a better movie. Like maybe I've still only seen it once. Birdman's great. Yeah, it's I need a really to watch it again. good movie. I, I, but I mean that's like that's like a maybe. This is probably his best movie. What about Pitt? It's so tough, right? I mean, I do have to say I don't think Brad Pitt's been in that many good movies. <laughs> I hate to say it. I, right. He's been in a lot of like really good movies, but like you know, in the same way that the conversation of career defining a role. I just want to destroy something beautiful. That's a great one. Uh, I mean, we didn't. We haven't even talked about Jared Leto in his I face, know, right? That his Quasimodo face after, yeah. or even just immediately when they cut to his face after the beating, and you see like half of his teeth. Yeah, and, like, yeah, yeah. It's insane. It's insane. And and then also like I kind of love the fact that when he shows back up, yeah. First of all, you know at that point you know there's never been a Tyler Durden other than just Ed Norton. So yeah. he's never there's never been any moment of these people not being a hundred percent committed yeah which i think is phenomenal yeah it's crazy yeah I, I think i mean it's there's a strong argument this is the best movie either one of them has ever been in i think if you were to go through like a list like a like an all-time list of the most like definitive movies or the best movies of all time or something mm -hmm. uh there are movies that i think people would make arguments for 
I think some people would probably make an argument for Inglorious Bastards for Pit. Yep, and so actually a lot of people saying Fury as well. I, people love Fury. I was like medium on I didn't it. Like it. Yeah, I was fine with I it. That was fine. Uh, I think some people would make an argument for the Tree of Life. That was one of the movies that, mm, that the yeah, year it yeah, came yeah. out was like the like the Dark Horse Chastain? like and Brett yeah, and, and Pit yeah. and it's Terrence Malick. I think, yep. uh, I think that shit's a great trailer. Yeah. yeah, I never watched it. I'll be honest. I I saw it once. It was fine. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> yeah, I just wanted to destroy something beautiful. Ocean's Eleven. Maybe Mr. and Mrs. Smith. His name is Robert Paulson. Paulson. Yeah, Meatloaf is amazing. Uh, I was kidding about Mr. and Mrs. Smith. I'm laughing. Yeah. Um. <laughs> For me, this movie is better on rewatch, knowing the spoiler makes it kind of better. This is from Keys, by the way. Do you have that as well? And have you had that with other movies? Um. I definitely understand why you say that in this movie because the flashes early on of Tyler Durden popping up really quickly, yeah, right. the cigarette burns and like some of the references, and then also going through and watching every one of those scenes, knowing it's just Norton and knowing that they kind of have to like shoot those scenes carefully enough to where you could come back to them later on and believe that there's one person. Hmm. I actually think it does make it better for me personally. Although, how much would you pay to have the feeling of watching this movie for the first for the time? The first again? time, I mean, that's like how many movies are that way? Memento, this movie, Inception, like I mean, even even movies without twists. I would just like I would kill to watch oh, the first yeah. time again, like Dark Knight, seeing it the first time. Fucking Warrior, bro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, yeah, a lot of my favorite movies, but yeah, I, I don't know. I think that's a good question. To, uh, and and Daniel here says, "Am I the only one that thinks it that thinks it works in spite of the reveal?" I'm sure it's only cemented its cult status, but surrenders all its realism. Do you have to judge it on the strong previous two hours? It's kind of a similar thing. I think it does work in spite of its reveal. When you watch it knowing what's going to happen, it just definitely makes you pay close attention to it in a different way from a different point of view. And you really notice the artistry behind the movie, I think, in a way that you don't the first time because you're like, you are crafting this thing, and now I can really pay attention to what you've crafted here. Right. So I do think it works in spite of it. Yeah. Um, there are three action movie categories, guys. Totally ridiculous, totally legitimate, and ridiculously legitimate. Uh, we have described them a million times. I think this movie, without a doubt, is totally legit. Right? It has to be. It has to be. I mean, I, you could, I, see, I could see you could make an argument for it being the middle category if you wanted because it does have so many things that are so, by today's standards, not silly, but like that shit we talk about. Like, and to clarify, guys, the phrase toxic masculinity is a phrase that gets thrown around a lot. Mm-hmm. And it gets uh, – I think it's a problematic phrase because it, it empowers people to just be like, men suck. Right. And like that's not really what I mean when I say it. What I mean when I say it is like – the idea that anarchist, like, 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 just sort of anarchist mentality and beating the shit out of each other, and like this lost boy mentality of like we're gonna just have like six packs and talk about how caring about shit is stupid and fighting and like it's like very, very, very like if you're dumb and you miss it, then this movie's a problem. Yeah, because it's, it's a like, big problem. It's like make it's like make explosives at home and it's beat like, I'm people gonna up. Start and a cult. Yeah. I'm gonna start a cult. Yes. Right, exactly. Yep. And I'm gonna pee and that s- happened when this movie came out. And I'm gonna come in soup and tell people to eat it. Exactly, because like, it's funny and Tyler Durden did it. And that shit's gross. And yeah. that shit's like that's not the way the world works. And you shouldn't encourage people to act that way. And so when you're watching this as like a 15 year old kid, it fucks with you. Exactly. And so I think some of those things. That that stuff could make this movie feel like it's the middle category, but I think as I get older and I watch it, it's intelligent enough, and you realize that Fincher was trying to make it. He was making a statement. He was making fun of it. People just didn't get it. He was doing exactly what um, Ed Newmeyer was doing in Starship Troopers. We talked about that episode. Yeah. You, you literally make the government look like the Nazis, but they're super happy and, and you, you know all this stuff. And then as you, you as a viewer, you're like, 
something's wrong here. Yeah. And that's what actually makes you think. 100%. So, yeah, I, I really like that. Um, there's just one last <laughs> thing left to talk about on the show, and it's called The Pitch. So, it's a weird one. Um, I think it's our, it's our, this is our best moment to do this. because this is, and we're just, Again, full disclosure. This is what's going on, guys. Starting uh, next week on Tuesday through January 12th, <laughs> Drew and I will basically be out of town. Yes, um, between... I'm, you're going to be in Japan... Yes, between Tokyo and Utah, and 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 you're going to Hong Kong, aren't you? I'm going you? to Ohio, and I'm going to Chicago, and I'm going to Hong Kong. I'm going to Seattle twice. I'm going to be traveling a lot the next eight weeks. Um, and we, we have Team Action Patreon, the action guys. We have Action Movie Anatomy, yeah. and we have all of our own things that we do. Plus Movie Trivia Schmodown. Yes. So uh, there's a lot that we have to do. And the big thing we're announcing here is that we are pitching Revenge of the Sith for Richard Eric Jarvis. Happy birthday! Happy birthday, General. We love you. We salute you. We salute um, you. But this is the this is the but part. We don't know exactly when that episode's going to happen because, for instance, this next week's episode, we probably will be pre-taping because we won't both be here. Yes. So, and then the following week, we'll be taking off because of Thanksgiving. Uh, so maybe the, f- the week after that would be when we actually cover Revenge of the Sith because we want to do it together yeah we have to be here together and we have to watch it first and make sure that we're prepped for it so that episode is going to be one that we make sure we do before the end of the year together in the same space uh and jarvie we will get that for you uh make sure you know ahead of time so you can watch it live and you can call in yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we love you man and we, we really i know your birthday is the 18th and we would love to make it happen on that day but we will make it happen period uh also just like you know paul denuso i have a gift in my car for you it's yeah. been there for like a month and a half i need to just mail it to you so guys just please Bear with us. The patience is so greatly appreciated. But we have a great schedule of movies coming up that we're going to do our best to, to actually get on time and make sure that we're doing the movies on the right weeks. Yeah. Um, stick with us and, and be sure to follow the the, the Twitter um, at Team Action Show so you guys can get you know constant updates there on what's going on. Join the Patreon. We'll be doing these you know Ask Me Anything segments. We'll probably do a mailbag Ask Me Anything soon uh, so you guys can kind of figure out what's going on on that show and yeah. just ask us some questions. There's a video, actually, if you go to the Patreon right now, patreon.com slash teamaction, that I made public for everybody who goes to the Patreon. It's not actually behind the paywall. Mm-hmm. Um, our update oh, yeah, video. Yeah, that's a great video. So if you uh-huh. go there, there's a segment where we make a mistake about nine minutes in. Uh, I just left it in because the mistake is us spoiling something that's now out it's there, now so out it doesn't there, exactly. matter. But you'll see us be like, oh, we can't say that. We have to, nine minutes, we make a mistake. And, yeah, yeah. Like, and we oh. just leave it in because that's what we do. Uh, so you guys can go watch that and, and maybe find that funny because that's like what it's like behind the curtain, behind the behind the curtain. Yeah, behind. And, yeah, seriously. Like if you guys would love to see like the five <laughs> minutes before we wrap a show and right after we yeah. wrap a show. It's it's pretty entertaining. And so yeah, that's uh that's the thing. We have movies coming up. I think next week will not be Revenge of the Sith. I'm not totally sure what it's gonna be. Could be Pulp Fiction. We have like a again. We have like a we got all of our movies plotted out for the rest of the year, guys, and we'll probably post that for you relatively soon. Um, but we want to make sure we've got our scheduling set correctly. Yes, That's exactly. It. Uh, and then the last thing I want to say is, Arena, we love you. Thank you so much for your support. Everything that you do. This movie was done for the fans and the Action Army, obviously, but we had you in our hearts definitely when we announced it. And a big congratulations to the Action Army Facebook page oh getting to 1,000 members. Yes! <laughs> we hit 1,000 on, on Action Army and we hit 15 on AMA. 1,500 on yeah. Action Army. Yeah, yes. No, no, just 15. Yeah, 15 people. So 2,500 <laughs> fans between the two groups that are constantly interacting. Thank you guys, all of you, for being awesome and, and keeping this thing going. So, yep. uh, yeah, that's going to wrap us up. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks for watching. Thanks to Marissa Serafini up in the booth for running this shit. And uh, we'll be back. Bye. Bye, everybody. Oh, the song. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, 
We would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. Try